Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. 91 episodes of this weekly podcast. We're here every single week throughout the season, season after season, to reflect on all the news from around the world of women's rugby. And this week is no different at all. It's been a huge week for women's rugby. Loads and loads of news to bring you up to date with. Reaction, looking forward, previews as well. But let's just uh, let you know what's going on this weekend in the world of women's rugby on the international stage. USA against Canada in Colorado. France against South Africa at the Stade de la Rabine in Van. Then on Sunday, it's that rematch between England and New Zealand at Franklin's Gardens. And Wales take on Japan at Cardiff Arms Park. We will reflect not only on that England victory, 43 points to 12 over New Zealand in the company of Rocky Clark, no less. Yes, the legendary plot will give her views on that set piece, which is so crucial at the weekend, wasn't it, in that victory over New Zealand. On the flip side of that, we've also got Kendra Coxage on the pod for you, the legendary Blackburn player, to say what they've been doing this week to try and fix yeah, some fairly obvious things that they needed to put right ahead of the game on Sunday against Franklin's Gardens. But the major news yesterday, we just had to get some reaction from it, was from Wales. They have created contracts for their women's players. Well, enough of me rambling on about it. Let's get some uh, reaction to that from the very, very top and part of that decision process. Lisa Bird Burgess is coming on the pod now, the WRU Vice President. Lisa Bird Burgess, uh, elected vice chair of the WRU. Thank you so much for joining us. For what looks like a very sunny Worcester there. Hey, Johnny. Good to see you. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here. Blue sky. Yeah, gorgeous. How, how, how's things with you? Really good. Yeah, really good. I'm loving it here at Worcester, Worcester Warriors. Um, yeah, really, really great working here and really enjoying it. Great stuff. Yeah, got my Worcester Warriors hat on today, but we're just going to just change for the next five minutes or so, just to, to just pop the the Welsh Red WRU hat on. Um, and as I say, thank you so much for yeah a, a late caller and joining us on here. Huge, huge news coming out of uh, out of the WRU yesterday. Uh, for those who've been under a, a rugby rock over the last twenty four hours, what's happened? What are the facts and figures? Well, really exciting news as well. You know, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. The girls now have, have, have been kind of rewarded with 12-month contracts, um, 25 international players, and 10 of those will be professional contracts with 15 retainer contracts. So, um, you know, plus match and training fees as well. So it's just, it's just really great. It's, it's a huge step forward for Welsh women. Uh, you know, the WRU are really showing full intent on supporting this as one of their strategic priorities moving forward in the women's game. And as we all know, it's not just about money. Um, you know, it's, it's getting the whole package in what, which is in place, you know, including performance, lifestyle, psychology, medical, to support the girls moving forward. So this is just brilliant now, especially with the World Cup 12 months away. Um, you know, and this, this really intent, like I said, from the board, from, you know, Nigel Walker, you know, his, his um, recent appointment, this performance director as well, has just been phenomenal. And Steve Phillips as well. You know, this real intent. So it's great to see. And, and obviously, um, you're, you're on the board there at WRU. 
Um, that was obviously had to be ratified by you once a decision was made to do this, um, and that uh, that board is is fully on, fully on board with the, the intentions of, of Nigel Walker and the rest. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, the WIU have put their hands up about you know past mistakes and everything. We, we've acknowledged that everybody knows that, but now this is very much about moving forward and this real intent. Like I said, it's one of the strategic priorities, you know, to to make Wales the best you know performance um, side that they can be in the world. You know, so this real intent there, and that's being driven by Nigel Walker, like I said, and, and totally backed by the. WIU board and Steve Phillips as CEO and Rob as chair. So it's it's really exciting times at the moment within the WIU and the Welsh women. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, we, we've spoken on this pod. And you had a big old review, and I suspect it, it wasn't uh, wasn't the nicest of, of, of reading that that review. But yeah, it, it's about reacting to these things, isn't it? And that there isn't a rewind button. And people say, oh, it's not before time and what have you. But the fact is, you put your money where your mouth is. And and that's exactly what the WRU has done. What what do you think this is going to do to the atmosphere? And possibly you've spoken to people in within the camp, and there's huge amounts of social media going on. What's it going to do to those girls within the camp coming into you know to autumn games and then the Six Nations? What, what kind of lift does it give them? Well, I think it's massive. I mean, there's been a lot of uncertainty over the last two years, like you said, you know, that acknowledgement from the WRU that things weren't good enough. Things had to change. It just had to move forward. So, you know, there's a lot, you know, I've spoken obviously to a few of the girls in the camps and, you know, they're they're really in a good place. And this gives them that stability now for those girls, you know, that have those professional contracts, you know, it gives them that ability to train as full-time athletes, to rest, recover, get the support they need and have that security as well about, you know, not worrying about how they're going to fit things around their job, their work. And like we said, it's not just about the contracts. It never has been, but that makes a massive difference to these girls being able to train, sleep, recover, get the support they need, but also for the coaches to have access to the girls as well. So we're not talking just about weekend camps now, but they can, you know, have access during the week as well to get those extra sessions in uh, to maximise the potential of those players, which is just which is just brilliant, and as it should be for the Welsh team moving forward. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's huge, isn't it? That 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 time together. I just spoke to to Kenna Coxage earlier on uh, on the pod, and yeah, that that time together um, is it, huge. That intrinsic sort of links that you you can take from off the field back at back onto the field. Um, so someone like Jazz Joyce, you know, would, would be you know in the front runner to, to get one of those contracts. So what an unbelievable lift for, for somebody like her. And is it going to be some crossover between the sevens and fifteens? Again, I'm, I'm not really sure I would be able to comment on that, but yeah, someone like Jazzy, you know, God, what an amazing year she's had. And, you know, just recently, obviously on social media saying, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to now receive this news that they're going to get professional contracts. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, it's just brilliant. And it gives that stability, you know, like I said, and that security. So you can train fully and put your heart and soul into it. And like I said, for the coaches as well, it's just brilliant, you know, and um, it's a massive, massive statement from the WRU that intent to moving forward for the women's game. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing, but because we see, I know there's huge amounts of, of ground roots stuff being done at WRU and you've got an unbelievable team and, and a friend of mine, Shana Powell Hughes, has been part of that. And the amount of work that they do, that's just going to give, you know, we talked, don't we, you and I have spoken for, for many years about, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. 
that's just going to give all those young girls that opportunity to do that now, isn't it? Yeah, and again, you know, underpinning all the performance, obviously part of that performance is, you know, the player pathway and um, competition structure in Wales. And I know that's something that Nigel is looking at uh, to get right. So we've got those pathways for those young girls to to actually move up um, through the age grades and then actually perform at that top level on the performance side of things. And then, as you said, in the community side, uh, not the performance side, you've got all those role models that are there. You know, Sheepy Shona Palhus, you mentioned, did a fantastic job. She's retraining now, as we know, to become a fire, fire officer, which is just brilliant. She's an amazing yeah. role model and did a huge amount of work. But yeah, those, these people are on the ground, you know, and they're going out there and hitting all these these girls in the hubs and the schools. And I'm, I'm going down to Astrid Munnock to watch the Dragons a week on Friday, you know, under 14, 16s and 18s, you know, training, which is just brilliant. And this is all going on. So all this news is just adding to that. And hopefully that, you know, like I say, the player player, player pathway and competition structure will, will be getting placed, you know, very soon that they'll lead to that performance structure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, if I was a, one of the owners of Worcester, I'd be signing up for a long-term contract now so you don't get nipped back to coach back in Wales. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but look, thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for giving us a um, reaction to what absolutely brilliant news. Um, and yeah, it really is pushing other unions to, to do it as well. But, you know, the WRU has put their money where their mouth is uh, and reacted superbly. And really appreciate you reacting to that with us today on the WRP. Oh, 100%. Thanks, Johnny. And thanks for all the great work you do on the WRP as well. I'm Kira Bevan and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Brilliant to have um, Lisa Burgess on the pod. She, um, fabulous lady. She's talking about... Um, Joan Powell Hughes being a, a role model there. She's an unbelievable role model, um, a brilliant coach and vice president, elected vice president on the WRU and uh, great to, to have someone so high up in that organisation come and, and chat about that. Uh, quite incredible news. Well, just a reminder of uh, the rest of those fixtures, of course, we've spoken already about uh, England taking on New Zealand on Sunday at Franklin's Gardens. The other international fixtures, just to remind you, this weekend are as follows. That second test between USA and Canada in Colorado on Saturday. France hosts South Africa. Perhaps we'll give a bit of reaction to that next week. Um, Van, the Stade de la Rabine. Uh, and then on Sunday, joining England against New Zealand uh, is Wales taking on Japan at Cardiff Arms Park. What an unbelievable filler that, uh, that news of those contracts will be. But let's get into that uh, England against New Zealand game. Now, the set piece was hugely important. The scrum was massive for England. So no better person possibly in the world of women's rugby to have on the WRP now, but Rocky Clark. A very good morning to the rock star. That is uh, Rochelle Rocky Clark. Morning, Rocky. How are we? Good morning. I am very well. I'm topped up, ready to go. Done my training. We're all good. It's going to be a good day. Got coaching the salvo. Can't knock it. Well, we're incredibly grateful for you to, to squeeze us into your incredibly busy <laughs> schedule, uh, media and coaching and PT and all, all the rest of it. Um, that's all going well, that side of things for you? Yeah, absolutely. Running my boot camps and uh, doing my PT is all going well. And then just found uh, the, the new realms of CrossFit. So I'm one of those people now. So I'm loving it and, uh, yeah, throwing myself around a gym and doing lots of reps and stuff. So it's, it's given me a new lease of life, actually. So the old girl's still going. 
Yeah, I know you are. It's been a trademark of your career, finding little things to just keep inspiring you to to to, to move on and get better. So um, anyway, look, we, 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 we could chat personally all day long, couldn't we? But um, look, the reason we've got you on, obviously, England, New Zealand, huge game at the at the weekend. Some unbelievable viewing figures coming out of uh, out of the BBC, um, sort of beating men's football at the weekend and what have you. Um, it, it was a great occasion. Um, obviously, a, a heavy heavy win for England, forty three twelve. But obviously the set piece dominated and therefore no better person probably on the planet to get on than, than your good self. What did you make of the game uh, and, and the spectacle? Yeah, what, what a fantastic game. Like England are another level at the moment. The, the set piece, England's always had a really strong set piece, but, you know, this was uh, this was such a dominant display by England. And, and you could tell by selection, um, Simon Middleton went for a heavy pack to uh, you know, to compete with um, New Zealand and just the the dominance of the line out, the the drive, like always, you got Lark on the back of back of these big dominant carries and um, the the mall, brilliant and it's great to see the scrum functioning really well as well. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the thing is that you can try and outplay uh, New Zealand sides, but actually stopping them at source. Um, and, and I and I love that selection. Um, a lot of Rye Bowers raised that Poppy Clear was you know, the player of the Six Nations at, at eight with Sarah Hunter injured, but she went in the second row um, with Zoe Orkoff at six, and, and so plenty of line out options for England. And they they literally just stopped New Zealand at source. Is that that the way that you found that you do need to beat beat New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. When we went to down to uh, to New Zealand in 2017, yeah. uh, it was it was that was how we had to play against them. We had to we had to, we scored off a couple of driven malls and and you stop them at source, you you grind it out of them, and then they just they uh, they really struggle with that. So it's, that's def- definitely an area I imagine that they're really working hard on this week to to be competitive with England because uh, you know I'm sure they want a much closer game than uh, last last game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is it too simple to say, Rocky, that you know, we are really seeing the the fruits of full professionalism now? Uh, certainly, that's a large part of it. But is it a little bit more than that with this with this England side? Yeah, I mean, we are we are lucky enough that for for many years the 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 line out and the scrum has been a real area of strength for England. But there's just another level just been added every year on that England is just getting better and better. And you know when you can do your drills, you can you can smash through your lineouts every single week. When you've got the time to be in camp and you're being professional, and and you know the analysis that's going on, the work, the little there's little skills to upskill us in our you know set pieces is just you know but so beneficial being professional. And you know hopefully the likes of Wales and stuff will will get better and better with that that backing and that support and the time to 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 you know be able to do that. And, and as you you well know, is that it's also that just that time together, whether it's having a, a game of Monopoly Go or hiding the teddy, whatever. I can't remember that was that game twenty fourteen, was it hiding people's teddies or or something? Uh, but just had that that time together that we are within these camps, and that England have that time to do. Whereas New Zealand, you haven't played for over two years, and you know, uh, most people probably would have expected a. a uh, an England win, possibly, it, with it, with with that knowledge, um, but actually the, the 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 margin of victory was um, was quite so significant. Um, that time together as as people as well as rugby players is significant as well. Oh, it's, it's paramount, and uh, you know, leading into the 2014 World Cup, we lived in each other's pockets. The 
for sort of six months leading up and and to have that that camaraderie wanting to play for each other knowing each other inside out makes a huge difference to to how how far you're willing to push yourself and and not give up and and as i said the 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 time on the pitch is so important that they they can ha- they can really rep out number of drills that they're going through line out drills and so lark and amy cocaine will know exactly who jumps where how they jump what their triggers are and that that is just so important they're the small details the one percenters that make the difference and and you can see that is just paying dividends now and and getting to know the girls off off the pitch as well and and having that team team ethos is 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 vital to the team doing well absolutely um Lewis Deacon's obviously come in uh, over the Six Nations. You know the scrum did struggle certainly uh, against against France. Um, Sarah Bird was obviously back from injury. Uh, Maud Muir came off the bench. I took it get those first names and second names wrong. Uh, but Maud Muir came off the bench. Was impressive. Have you heard rumblings from you know, Marley and uh, and Poppy uh, Cleal about um, what Lewis Deacon is is bringing to that England squad? Yeah, yeah, they're saying he's bringing a you know another level. Every every coach they get brings their own their own specialism, and obviously he's phenomenal in, in his set piece. And you can see how much you know work has gone into that in previous years, and how much they're doing now. So you know it's great that he's making such a difference in the scrum as well. And obviously Sarah Byrne, the little baby rhino, is back just doing her thing. And yeah, you got Bottoman back from injury, just you know, and a, and a big heavy. Um, back five, uh, you know, you, 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 you're stating what you're going to do, aren't you? You're taking them on up front, and, and that's what we did. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you taught them all everything you know. So it's all down to Rocky Clark, which is why you're on. Um, Zoe Allcroft um, uh, had an exception game. Um, player of the match went to one of your fly halves, Zoe uh, Harrison. Uh, just, a, just a word on, on Zoe, and you know, from my very humble opinion, just really maturing, really, really beginning to, to prop awesome now. Yeah, it's it's great to see. And and Zoe's Zoe's been really lucky. She's obviously been at Saris with such good ball carrying forwards that she has a lot of front football and has got like a beautiful boot. So that, so she can play and you know get the ball out wide when she needs to, play in the right areas. And she's having that from the England forwards as well. So she's just able to blossom. She's a she's a real threat on ball as well. So she's got every part of the game a wise head on young shoulders and and that's what you want and like I think it's been great for her and Helena that obviously Katie's uh, uh, retired and so they're getting their opportunities now and playing against the best in the world and and that you know they're sh- they're showing how good they are yeah absolutely uh, let, let's move on let's move on to to, to look ahead to you know, this Sunday uh, up in Frackless Gardens um, what do England need to to polish if if anything, just I'd make sure it's obviously much of the same. Stick to their their game um, game plan, and we know that New Zealand struggled to deal with the speed of the ball. That England are just getting around the corner, punching up, getting New Zealand on the back foot. That's the kind of stuff we need to be focusing on ourselves. Obviously, there was um, a few uh, few times in defence that we need to work on getting um, connected, and I would be looking at that and our defensive shape to work in our threes, getting our line speed getting those double tackles in but the girls have you know put in a really good shift and they they need to carry on the momentum and and much 
much the same with a with a set piece as well. Just keep going and let them unleash the bats when it's appropriate. Yeah, for for me it was um it was that yeah, execution and yeah, it was first game for a while and, and that th- there is going to be a little bit of rust and yeah, I, um, yeah, if we're being you know really analytical about it, um, it probably left thirty thirty five points out there in, in terms of tries and, and opportunities out wide and that that Christmas um, of of catch pass um, wasn't quite. There at times uh, on on the outside, but yeah, you know, geez, you're going to take forty three twelve on you all day long. Uh, Rocky, how significant is it to to back this up next week? Um, because uh, don't know the plans pre World Cup, but you're obviously going down there for a World Cup next year down in their backyard. How significant would the psychological edge be if if England put another performance in, in like that, or certainly just a a back to back win? Yeah, this is a really interesting debate because we've obviously played New Zealand twice before World Cup finals and beat them in the autumns and then we've gone and lost in the finals against them in the in the World Cup. So there's a bit of that history maybe just lingering, but I think if we can, you know, if we could get another really dominant display against them, that that's going to put a seed of doubt in the New Zealand minds and it's going to give England a huge amount of confidence. Obviously, you're going to New Zealand's backyard to go and play in the, in the World Cup. They're not going to give it up easily. So, England need that confidence that they can beat them. But they again, they're going to have to put the graft in for the next year, and you know, keep up in their game and absolutely make sure everything's you know finely polished, uh, polished for the Six Nations and any other games they've got. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, while you're while you're here, um, I just wanted to get your your take um, on a couple of the the home unions and, and plenty of players within in squads that have been announced in, in the last week. Uh, and just get your your unbelievably experienced uh, take on it, Madame Centurion. Um, <laughs> Scotland uh, have announced their squad for that test against Japan. Uh, Rachel Malcolm. We back captaining uh, and Brian Eason. We're looking to obviously build on that uh, that brilliant campaign for the European World Cup qualifiers, uh, where they're still obviously in that fight to to get a World Cup spot. Uh, what did you make of their squad? Yeah, it's an exciting squad. There's obviously some youngsters and uh, oldies uh, in alike, and it's and it's great to see. Obviously, Jade Conkle is a there's a massive talisman for for the team back in and you know her ability to get front football in the in the hardest of situations against a big defensive effort she will always get you over the gain line and i'm really excited to see lindsay o'donnell back in the squad after um being out for i think 2017 was her, her last cap so it's great to see how well she's been doing in the Allianz 15s and, and seeing her back in and she's just a work great effort and you know ball carrying she's she's a really good a good air guy I used to play over at Worcester and and see all the the you know she's an unsung hero how how much work she does um and I think you mentioned earlier maybe four debutants as well as sort of you know the likes of Hel- Helen Nelson who's a stalwart of the team now and and going strong and just playing better and better every game it's it's exciting to see i'm looking forward to the game yeah and no, i couldn't agree more that that trajectory of, of scottish women's rugby is 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 definitely on the up isn't it and there's some some real quality certainly a, a real quality 15 and now in that uh certainly a back row back five of the, of the pack there's some selection issues for for brian Eason, um which you know scotland can't have always 
had the privilege of being able to to say that. Ireland uh, announced their squad as well, 33 players, uh, including six uncapped players, rewarding um, lots of young players for performances in the Interprovincials. Gosmunster won that and the uh, the All-Ireland League as well. But just intertwined between some, some real experience in that Ireland squad as well, obviously looking to bounce back from, from not being able to, to qualify for the World Cup. Yeah, they're, 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 they've been struggling over the last few years. And, and I think it's, it's great to see that they've got some real experience. Like, you know, Lindsay Pete is a, is a stalwart of the game and, you know, somebody I hugely respect. And Sene and Nepo as well, she's a phenomenal for Ireland week in, week out. So it's great to have the, the sort of cornerstones of those, those experience then spattered with the new sort of youngsters coming through. And we've got to see the youngsters coming through now. If, if there's, if it's, if it's not working, we need to, we need to develop and, you know, regroup and, and keep moving forward. And, and these, these young, uh, young players coming through have had the opportunity and, and been competing well every week. So it's great to see them, them come in and see what they can do. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, a tough ask, but I think these uh, these girls have got to gel quickly and then and then move forward. Yeah, Adam Gregg's uh, last campaign. Obviously, Greg McWilliams taking over this. I wonder how many conversations those two have had. But yeah, if, if you're playing well for you know in your club or provincial shirt, you, you've got to be rewarded for it. Otherwise, it um, it kind of makes it nonsensical. But um, both Scotland and Ireland doing that so it's uh it's great to see rocky thank you so much for all your thoughts on england new zealand and uh the island and um and, and uh, scotland squads there really really appreciate your time keep doing what you're doing i see a little bit bearings top there who knows right, see you later in the year who knows let's hope so in fingers crossed for those rugby fans you are most welcome anytime lovely let's thank get you. the uh the new zealand take now let's get kendra coxage on the wrp Kendra Coxage, thank you so much for joining us on the Women's Rugby Pod on this Thursday afternoon. How are you? How's England treating you and the rest of the squad? Yeah, it's not too bad here. It's um, been a little bit chilly. It was all right in Exeter, but we've moved on to Northampton, so it's a little bit colder here for some reason. I don't know if that's because it's November now and it's getting into winter here. Um, but now we're enjoying it. The girls are we're obviously in bubble life. Um, so we're just trying to manage it at the moment of um, having some time together as well as getting you know getting out and about where we can uh, under our restrictions that we've got. Plenty of, plenty of singing, plenty of dancing going on, is there, within the camp? Yeah, there's always a lot of singing and dancing going on in this team. Um, that's why I've lost my voice. I was trying to lead the dance yesterday, and this is what happens when you don't do that kind of stuff before. So um, usually TK leads it. Um, and the girls kind of forgot about it, so I started leading it, and now I've lost my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thought I might be barking at your forwards, but uh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the game stuff in in, in just a sec. Um, has there has there been a need for 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 more singing this week, or possibly tone down the singing and and, and get things on the on on the park a little bit more sort of focused? Uh, the scene never stops in this team. Um, you know, showed up. Obviously, we we're pretty disappointed about the the loss on the weekend, and it was a challenging game. And you know, credit to England. Um, you know, they they played well out there, and you know, so we we're pretty gutted in our hundredth test to to lose like that. But um, you know, we had to keep the spirits high and get around each other. So as soon as we got back after the game, we got to, together and connected. And we've had a really good week this week. With um, you know, trainings have been really really awesome. Um, the girls are really lifted up another level and. Um, so we'll see how things look on Sunday. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just can you just talk us about how they came to the test there for for New Zealand as a country? Obviously, Stanley Park, so de- decent place to 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 play rugby. Um, bit of wind down there, but uh, a good old crowd as well. What was what was the occasion like? Yeah, the sun was shining. Two best teams yeah, outside of France, um, uh going head to head. How was the occasion for for everyone and yourself? Yeah, it was a pretty special occasion. Um, you know, 100 tests for the Black Ferns, you know, it was always going to be exciting build up. And, you know, for myself, that was my 53rd test. So to play over half of those was, was pretty cool. Um, but I guess the, the the main thing was us getting some more tests for the end. Um, you know, Sandy Park was awesome. The crowd was pretty unreal. Um, I think there was about just about 10,000 people there. So for us, that's, that's massive. You know, there's some girls on this side that have never played in front of such a big crowd before. So... Um, you know, it was a bit different for them to experience that as well. Um, but no, the crowd was absolutely fantastic. I remember at one stage when England scored one of their tries, it just roared. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's quite loud in here. Um, and it was good, great pitch as well. And as you said, it was a bit windy as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, the wind rips off the off the motorway there, isn't it? Down the uh, down the M5 there. Let's get into to, to the game itself. We'll, we'll, we'll look forward, uh, obviously, just a sec. But, but, but your assessment, uh, of the game, look, I think um, th- those in the know would realise that you know it's two years plus since you've, you've played together. That has to have a massive, massive bearing. England fully professional, um, you guys aren't. Um, but but just give us your assessment of, of the game, sort of tactically and and um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, as I said, you know, we're obviously disappointed in our performance as a side and for it to be our 100th test and, and, to, and to play like that, we were pretty, pretty gutted. Um, I remember coming off the game pretty upset about it. But um, as again, we get another crack at it this weekend. But I think for us, it was, you know, England really came out, um, the physicality of it. Uh, you know, we haven't probably played that phys- physical game for a while. Um, we have our Farah Palmer Cup at home and, and obviously club footy and all that, but nothing matches the physicality of uh, test footy uh, and the speed of it, the pace of it as well. And, you know, England have got some speed out there and, um, you know, credit to them, they they use that well. Um, they obviously use their win well. Their kicking game, I thought, was really, um, you know, really well planned and they did a good job of that as well. But for us, our girls, um, we just didn't match it. Um, but it was a welcome back to test footy. That's what we all talked about. Like it was, you kind of forget how tough it is out there on the lungs. Um but as you know, as I've just said, we're just like we've cracked into it this week. We've trained very well, um, and we're looking forward to getting back out there on Sunday. What's been top of the top of the list in terms of right? We, we we've got to get this right. I mean, uh, probably line out isn't going to be too far away from from the lips of your answer. Yeah, so we've got to probably really focus on our set piece. Um, yeah. You know, obviously everyone would be able to see that. That's no. There's no secret there. Um, it was pretty challenging in there for us, and we're not getting a good platform. It makes it really difficult for the rest of the game to flow. So it's been a big focus on that this week, a uh, big focus on mindset and then just, you know, focusing back on to, into test footy. Um, you know, so we started to put some things together this week, and um, that mindset's already changed and everyone's up for it. Where do you think you can damage England, having already played them once? Yeah, quite quite rare to, to, to go back-to-back. Um, and get that opportunity. Where, where do you think you you can hurt England? Obviously, not giving away too many. Yeah, I'm not, not going to give. Away many, <laughs> yeah, not going to give away too many secrets. Um, but for us, it's probably more just focusing on our game. To be honest, Johnny, I know that kind of sounds cliche. Um, but you know, we need to work on what what our strengths are, and and you know, we that's always actually been a line out for us. Has actually been one of our strengths. So yeah, um, you know, we've really worked on that this week, and I know the girls will be firing in that area. 
Um, but for us as well, we probably need to work better on our on our kicking game, um, being a bit more tactical in that, um, and just kind of turning them around. Um, they did well at slowing our ball down. Uh, we didn't do so well at slowing their ball down. They played a fast-paced game, which blitzed our backs defensively. So, you know, we've had a decent look at all that stuff, and I guess the main thing for us after playing that, you know, test footy again, it was, you know, we, we kind of weren't sure how things were going to go. Um, you know, with obviously England have played a few more tests this year, but there's been, they've had a few changes too. So, you know, you can video analyse a lot out of teams, but at the end of the day, um, you know, once you, you actually play a game, you can kind of see a little bit more, which has been really good. Yeah, absolutely. What's what's minimum standard then for for Sunday? Um, uh, is it is it purely about performance? Is it purely um, about getting getting a victory or or a little mixture of both? I think it's a mixture of both. You know, like um, you know, we've got a World Cup next year, which is massive for us, and that's a huge focus at home too. You know, so for us, it's about um, playing quality rugby, uh, putting in a better performance than what we did uh, last Sunday. Um, and then obviously we've had a lot of new girls as well that have experienced test footy that will get another crack at it this weekend. Um, so being able to give them some experience at this top level has been really good too. Looking at the tour, it's at a wider perspective. You, you, spoke, you speak about the youngsters there. You mentioned a couple of times. Um, is the tour, obviously you want to win every game. It's a, it's a Blackfern shirt. Um, yeah. you know, you, you're very good at doing it. Um, yeah. But how much of the tour is about that development and, and Glenmore and, and the rest of the coaching team bringing on young players, as you say, ahead of that World Cup? Yeah, I think it's hugely important. Um, you know, and it's also important for us old ones to get some test footy in again. So we always <laughs> knew it was going to kind of kind of be a bit like that. But you know, we've got some we've got some young girls coming through, and it's so awesome. Um, they're a great bunch of girls. They're willing to learn, and you know, it's just I was pretty gutted as an older person in the team that we we kind of lost the way we did in the weekend. Um, that's something that you know around the black jersey we we hold huge pride in and so it's pretty pretty tough for me for you know, these, some of these girls on debut to experience a loss like that but um, as I said the spirits are high now we've kind of we flushed that straight the next day we did a pretty brutal and honest review which was you know super important and some girls again those young ones may not have experienced that before but um, it's been really good and you know the main thing is as long as you get learnings out of it um, but I think too you know the more test footy that these young girls can play is only going to make them better, you know, come World Cup next year, especially over the next 12 months. How much, Kendra, is in the psychology of of, of playing England? Uh, the two teams have met each other in pretty much every every World Cup final. Um, I asked Rocky Clark, he's been on the on the pod to, today as well, um, about the psychology of always beating someone and then the, the question marks potentially um, come into the the next game when you're when you're possibly under pressure, the the retort back from some of the England girls. Well, we we, we played New Zealand uh, ahead of 2017, beat them down there, and then go ahead and, and lose the final. So, how much of the psychological battle do you need to win this weekend in a World Cup year? Well, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot. Obviously, rugby. You know, there's a big, big mindset behind that and how you, you approach games. But you know, I think for us, we it was probably something that we didn't quite do so well last weekend. I know that the mindset's kind of changed again into this week but you know it's test footy right you don't know what's going to happen um as you said the black jersey you know we want you know we want to go out and we want you you know we want to win and i want to win i'm a very competitive person and um you know so our focus is on this tour at the moment knowing that these girls getting developed um for next year but at the same time um yeah we're competitive we you know you want to win and at the end of the day it could be different to what it looks like next year as you said you know england upset us in 2017 but we come back and we won that world cup so you just never know um, 12 months as well from now we world cup and 
so much can change there. There's a lot of rugby to be played in the next 12 months too. So um, that's going to be a really exciting World Cup on Hunter. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to, before we let you go and, and have a proper rest day, that, that voice obviously needs a, a rest as well ahead of the, <laughs> ahead of the weekend. We I don't want to park do that. the forwards again. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You, you've certainly been, been, been needing to do that. So we don't want to be responsible for you not, not being able to do that. Uh, but just uh, obviously yesterday, some amazing news out, out of Wales, uh, not before time, all those kind of comments flying around and what have you. Um, it, it's beginning to, to, to properly flow, isn't it? Um, those sort of essential contracts um, for women's rugby? Yeah, I mean, we played Wales the other week in a bit of a warm-up match and they had travelled, you know, they bust down to play us and they all had to go back to work on that Monday. So, you know, it's pretty pretty amazing. I think it's really cool to see that these contracts are coming out and, um, you know, moving forward, rugby's moving forward, you know, and people have to allow the, you know, allow players to become full-time players now. Those, you know, you kind of you're going to get left behind. Um, so I think it's really cool that they've they've done that, um, and it's a really exciting, you know, really exciting time for for them and for women's rugby. Uh, and it pushes pressure potentially on other unions, and um, I suspect, um, fingers crossed. And I know you're 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 giving me a media straight straight bad answer, but obviously you're hoping that New Zealand probably won't, won't be too far away. Yeah, I'm pretty sure New Zealand will be pretty pretty close to obviously having a World Cup at home next year as well. So hopefully, um, you know, going forward, um, we are in that same position. And, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to be paid over the last couple of years, where, you know, and now it's just going to continue to move forward. And, yeah, fingers crossed over the next couple of years that it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Kendra, thank you so much for your time. Go uh, rest your voice, rest <laughs> the body. Uh, we'll massively look forward to, to Sunday's clash and... Uh, as I said to Stacey last week, all the very best, but not all the very best, if you know. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. I'm Jake Conkle, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Great to have uh, Kendra Coxage on the pod. Yeah, the uh, the voice was croaky, wasn't it? Um, but great to hear that they've they've uh, lifted themselves back up after that uh, that defeat to, to England, and we know full well, don't we, uh, any New Zealand side will be very, very keen to put the uh, the wrongs right this week. And I suspect we will see a very different New Zealand side coming into Sunday's game. We're now to catch up with the, all the rest of the news internationally. Here's Nandy's News. Thank you so much, Johnny. It's great to be back again this week. I'm very excited to be delivering your international news right here on the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm, of course, Nandi Butelezi coming from all the way in South Africa. And we do start in the USA versus Canada game. The first of the Pacific Four series kicked off on Monday at Infinity Park in the US. And it was, of course, the visitors, Canada, who came away with the win, winning 15-9 against the USA side. So congratulations to them. Even more international rugby the second leg of the european trophy took place on saturday sweden beating czech republic 31 12 and sweden now lead the table with two wins from two on nine points this weekend sees czech republic take on finland and matches will be available to watch and stream live on the rugby eu website so do look out for that over in Africa, in Kenya, the Safari Sevens tournament played this weekend at Nyayo Stadium and five teams competed. This includes the Titans Women's Academy, Kenya Lionesses 1, 
Kenya Lionesses 2, Uganda Lady Cranes, and Zimbabwe Women. Two days of intense competition on the field resulted in a final between the Kenya Lionesses and the Uganda Lady Cranes. The Kenyan side retained their title winning 26-0. Congratulations to the ladies. Harlequins have released a statement announcing that Simon Barnes has departed from his role as forwards coach by mutual consent. The club will make no further comment at this time. And over in the English Championship, it was round five this weekend. And in the Northwest Park, Leeds bag a win, winning 26-12 against Barnsley, while Furwood Waterloo win 10-0 against Novo Castrians. Harrogate get a massive win, winning 45-0 against Safton at home, while Litchfield draw 10-all against Cheltenham. Loughborough Town bag a massive victory, winning 40-0 against Kenilworth. West Park leads edge ahead to the top of the table with five wins from five on 25 points, while Cheltenham right close behind them on 22 points. Over in the south, Bath win 22-10 against Reading Abbey, while Blackheath lose at home against Richmond, losing 28-24. Thyroc bag a victory, winning 48-26 against Henley, and Hove get their first win, winning 29-10 against Buckingham Swans. Supermarines versus Old Albanians was postponed last minute due to unplayable pitches. Tharuk continue to top the log with 24 points, whilst Hove record their first win of the season. Wow, congratulations. No championship rugby next weekend, but round six does resume on the 13th of November. Over in Scotland, only one match took place this weekend, but Sonians beat Corse to find 17-8, while the Harriet Blues versus Heelhead Jordan and the Carther Queens Park versus Stirling County Games were both postponed due to water log pitches. No tenants premiership next weekend. Corse to find and with Sonians moved to first and second place on the table with 23 and 22 points respectively, but Heelhead Jordan are very close behind with 21 points and a game in hand. Moving over to Ireland in round five of the Energia All Ireland Cup, Melancholic and Railway Union both failing to put any points on the scoreboard, drawing 0 0 in that encounter. Blackrock College get a massive win against Malone, winning 52 7, while Cook lose at home, losing 47 7 against Galvegians. Dutonians also losing at home, losing 22 17 against Old Belvedere. UI Bohemian and Wilklow also draw 0-0 in that clash. Blackrock College and Old Belvedere move to the top of the table, both on 20 points, with Blackrock College leading on points difference. Railway Union dropped to third place on 19 points. And next week, we'll see Galvegians take on Blackrock College. Malone will host UI Bohemian. Old Belvedere will take on Cook. Railway Union RFC will take on Stutonians. And Wilklow will host Belancholic. And over in Spain, round five of the Ipetora League took place this weekend with St. Kuga bagging a massive 15-0 win against Sanses Krum at home while Krat Residencia lose 33-7 against Mahadonda. Olimpico Topazelo and Cotiva Cocos draw 14-0 and Coplutense Cisneros and Eba also draw 17-0. This means that Complutense Cisneros lead the top of the table on 15 points and Eba very close behind with 12 points. Seems everyone is on break next week, including the Ipetora League, which will see it resume for round six on the 13th of November. Black Ferns captain Sarah Harini has committed to the Hurricanes women's squad for the upcoming 2022 Super Rugby Opiki competition. She's the first announced signing for the Hurricanes, and what a signing that is. And staying with the world champions, the Black Ferns had their first A to Z of players, recording every capped Black Fern since the first match in 1989. 
Adam Julian came up with the project in May 2019 and pursued it through lockdown, tracking down and interviewing players who are the foundation and legacy of the Black Ferns. The encyclopedia is available on the All Blacks website. The RFU have announced the official opening of the Advanced Brain Health Clinic. This will be a specialist pathway for retired elite male and female rugby players between the ages of 30 and 55 who may have concerns over their individual brain health. It is located at the Institute of Sport, Exercise and Health in central London and is operated by independent experts Professor David Sharp and Dr. Richard Sylvester in partnership with the RFU and Premiership Rugby. Similarly, World Rugby has announced the establishment of a dedicated women's player welfare steering group that will exclusively focus on the advancement of player welfare initiatives and interventions designed specifically for the women's game at all levels. Chaired by former Canada International Dr. Ariba Chinta, the 13-person steering group will comprise of a diverse group of independent and world rugby expert medical and legal professionals, science and research experts, former international players and administrators from across the global game, including our very own Rachel Buffett. The initiative plays a part in its ambitious six-point action plan released earlier this year that seeks to make rugby the most progressive sport on player welfare. As another part of implementing this player welfare initiative, the Black Ferns and the Red Roses will participate in a groundbreaking head impact study using instrumented mouthguards to inform and advance injury prevention initiatives in women's rugby. If you could spot it during the game, players will wear prevent biometrics mouthguards during the matches on the 31st of October and the 7th of November and during training sessions to monitor and record collisions between players and between players and the ground. Hmm. Talk about some groundbreaking stuff. Well, that's it from me, Johnny. I will catch you next week. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay Peace, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Enjoy. Chill Burns, MBA. Um, always. Oh, yeah, any excuse to, to get you on the pod and, and, and have a chat. Um, always love your company. Always have done. Uh, but we just we simply had to get you on. Uh, with this cup news, but before that, far more importantly, how are you? How's things? How's mum? Lovely to see you, Johnny. Um, I'll say all's well. However, I've just tested positive for COVID, so I'm absolutely gutted that I'll have to miss this weekend's rugby. I was I was lucky enough to be able to go to the Tonga game and, of course, the Blackfern second test. So gutted I can't see them. But you know what? Life could be worse, so I'm not going to look negatively at it. It's just 10 days of rest. I'll look at it positively. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ten days of rest, and uh, it was yeah, potentially you were on this uh, on the right honourable Jeff Blackett's walk, weren't you, with his wife? I was, yeah. Um, Lancashire, my capacity is Lancashire president. I was hosting Jeff and his wife Sally for their Lancashire leg of the 150 mile uh, celebration walk. Uh, we had a lovely day, four seasons in one day weather wise, uh, but sadly. Jeff and Sally had picked something up in Yorkshire the night before oh, and no. uh, brought it over to the, the, the good side of the, of the Pennine and sadly shared it with uh, with me and made, maybe me. Uh, but I'm gutted for Jeff and Sally because they're doing such a great job raising money for the IPF. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for them that their, their sort of adventure had to stop before the end, but I'm sure they'll catch up the extra miles when they're fit and well and wish them all the best for a speedy recovery, really. Yeah, absolutely. Generous as ever, Jeff. Um, sharing sharing all, all the bits and pieces. Yeah, North Yorkshire. <laughs> Typical Yorkshire, isn't it, that? Um, isn't it, Joe? Look, this this Cup, the 1994 World Cup 
cup has been found. It has. I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah, yeah. Just out of the blue, really. Um, I've recently been privileged to be accepted as part of the um, the World Rugby Museum in Twickenham as their subcommittee. So I'd, I'd been to my first face-to-face meeting in Twickenham. Uh, just been delighted to be involved in that because obviously I've got a lot of stuff from the history of the women's game because I kept everything. Uh, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. We'd been in a meeting uh, that week and I'd said maybe we need to, to launch this properly and I was hoping that maybe the RFU might get behind it and see if we could find the trophy. And it was the following day I just got a messenger message from one of the girls who used to be an administrator, the old WRFU days and RFUW days. And she said, uh, found a couple of boxes in my parents' loft. We were clearing the loft and um, there's some old notes from meetings, minutes from meetings, handbooks and uh, and the World Cup in the other box. So I was like, the real World Cup? And she said, yes. And she'd found it in a loft. You know, I can imagine exactly how it's happened. You know, busy day. Administrators then were, were volunteers and perhaps, you know, come back with a boot full of kit rugby balls dirty kids you know literally probably taking people all around the country go to a road show bring everything back and then helpful parents put things away for you so i can see quite easily how the boxes have been put somewhere safe and been kept very very safe and just nobody remembered where they were but i'm delighted they've since been found and uh, it was lovely to take both the trophy and all the old documents down to phil mcgowan at the museum so all that treasured history is now in the place where it should be. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say where it's ended up. But we, we, we spoke about this and, um, yeah, we tried to raise some some awareness through our, our little podcast here about it. You said it will be in somebody's loft. It'll be at the back of somebody's garage. It, yeah. here you are, Jill Burns, Crystal Ball <laughs> works again. Um, but, yeah, Phil does some amazing stuff down at the museum there. So it, it's it's all polished up now and, and, well, it's, and, and it's rightful place. It's not polished up just yet because it's in a beautiful handmade box, beautiful wood handmade box, but the key's missing. So <laughs> I think uh, Phil McGowan try and find somebody who can pick the lock because the, the box is lovely. It's great to keep it in, a display box. Uh, but once, the, once they've picked their way into that, I'm sure it'll be polished up beautifully. But well, has it been like a sort of a child at Christmas? Has somebody shaken it to make sure that there is a cup in there? Because it would be terrible if you open this lovely box and there's nothing in there. Don't worry, Johnny. There's a lovely glass front, so you can see it. Ah. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely in there. Um, and, and what was a lovely touch? I can't remember which of the, the current Red Roses squad. When we we took it to show them uh, the, the night I picked it up, one of the girls suggested that maybe the trophy could be played for every time. England play against America because of course that trophy was only ever the final was only ever between England and America for the two the two World Cups when it was used so I think that's a lovely idea um, I, th- I think we should keep the fact that it's the World Cup and it should be called the World Cup the original World Cup but um, it would be lovely if it was the trophy that was played for every time we have we have a test with that nation perhaps it's something to think about and uh, you know keep it in the museum but let's bring it out every time we have a fixture and let's make sure we keep it in England. Yeah, indeed he's so. Indeed he's so. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm so pleased because I, I know that that kind of thing would, um, with all the bits and pieces that you've kept over the years, the the unbelievable photo library and documents and programs and all the rest of it, you are the, the, the go-to 
person in terms of women's rugby his, history. Um, I know that would have been just gnawing away at the back of your mind, but I'm so, so pleased for you and, and, and all the rest of that squad to, to finally have found it. And, and yeah, you can take your family and friends and actually go and see it in the museum. And that's, yeah, that's what we lifted. It's, um, yeah, it must be really nice. There's a, gr- a great feeling, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget the, the, the pouring the champagne into the World Cup to drink and lifting it up to the mouth. And it had silver lace around the top, so all the champagne fell all over. But we didn't care. <laughs> right, not a great cup to celebrate with in that, in that way. But um, no, happy memories, happy memories. I'm sure you found other ways to celebrate, Jill, um, that night. Um, well, as we said, a difficult the time to... Um, to get hold of and uh, it's been even more difficult to, to get hold of this time but I'm absolutely delighted for you and, uh, and the rest of the uh, the 94 squad that, that it is now in, in its rightful place and I hope Phil gets uh, you know, Master Locksmith and thank you so much for joining us today and um, keep well uh, and keep safe and you keep up the great work Brilliant to have Jill on the pod uh, and uh, looking so pleased about uh, finding that cup it would have really been annoying her uh, she's got all that memorabilia for all those years of playing, no doubt, um, carefully marked. She knows exactly where all her memorabilia and nostalgia pieces are uh, around her house, no doubt. But yeah, to have it back at, uh, at, the, at the stadium, back in the museum uh, at Twickenham is, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, delighted for her and the rest of the squad. But also, it's another piece of, of the puzzle of... of of the history of English women's rugby, isn't it? And uh, to take it down to the, the current squad, as, as Jill was saying, and for them to connect with that and, and appreciate where rugby has come, what the sacrifices it has made, what the sacrifices those players have made. Yeah, it can only be a, a, a positive thing um, to link those eras together. But that's about it for another bumper edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. The only other shout-out this week is for a couple of inductees to the World Rugby Hall of Fame. It's a huge congratulations to Juliana Manuel Carpenter, as she is now. You remember Juliana uh, was an outstanding performer in the 2010 World Cup. Uh, the Blackburn, absolutely brilliant in that competition. Huge congratulations as well to Joe McAfee. Her continued brilliant work. Um, yeah, two inductees to the Hall of Fame, hugely hugely deserved well as the uh, the weather is beginning to turn here in england perhaps even around the world or around the northern hemisphere we've got loads to keep you warm in our shop why don't you give it a little check out www.hallbro.com forward slash wrp www.hallbro.com forward slash wrp we've got beanies in there We've got hoodies, we've got jackets, mid-layers, gilets, you name it. Men and women's fit, of course. So, yeah, why don't you check it out? It'd be great to see some stash. Send us your photographs of wearing some WRP stash around the place. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um, and as ever, we're across social media. We know how many of you listen to us each week. Don't have those kind of followers or, or likes or follows. On the, on the social media. So if you don't already, then, then please do do that. It just means that we can move things our end to, to spread the gospel even further. Um, and also commercially as well, of course, it makes a, a massive, massive difference. Um, and then we can do even more with this Women's Rugby Pod, which is listened to around the world. And thank you so much for, for all your support 
our dedicated listeners out there. Huge thank you, of course, to the team behind, to Sean, to Bluebell, to Tom, uh, Nandy as well, of course, with all her news. And a big, big thank you to not one, but two MBEs on the pod today, to Rocky Clark, to Jill Burns, to Kendra Coxage, and, and a vice chair of the union as well, to uh, to Lisa Bird Burgess. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Uh, it's been great to, to get your thoughts on all this uh, amazing news coming out of women's rugby at the moment. We'll be back next week, of course. We're here every single week throughout the season. Until then, enjoy the test matches over the weekend. And please stay safe.